This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, welcome back to it. Second half of the show was underway. Beautiful, sunny Monday here in the nation's capital. Have you looked at the long-range forecast? Do you have to go punch Scooby or something? Have we got another storm coming, Kenny? Are we good? That's it, right? I don't I feel- know if that's, that's it. I'm not. You can't go all stuntman stew and say, no, yeah, you can't it's do done. Yeah. But it's it's looking better. All there right. is some snow in the forecast, though, next week. You, usually it's not abnormal to get another big blast to, like, mid-March, and then and then that's it. But usually this is the way it goes, right? No matter how bleak it might look because we're just coming through another big dump of snow and we got a lot on the ground right now it is what it's march 6 today all day long usually if if you kind of gauge things turning around by which is the first course to open right you know calabogie is usually one of the the early early ones every year Usually by late March, right? Last week okay. of March, you'll see a course or two open up here. So we're we're getting into maybe can can you fathom maybe <laughs> three weeks and a bit? Could be golfing. When you look outside right now, you can't fathom that. I no. know, but it, what if things start to turn and we get some nice weather for all you need is a good run. If you you get around ten degrees or so. For, for about a week, it goes quickly. It does. It can. I got invited to go out to one of the golf simulators today, actually, after work. Oh, and nice. I, I can't because, as I said, my wife is back from Dominican. And it's her first day home. Didn't think that that would be a a wise decision. So I passed. Okay. Uh, but even getting in the mindset to, to dig the clubs out and, and go to a golf simulator, as much as I want to, I don't think I completely wrap my head around doing that when there's that much snow and you got to get the uh, extreme height on the snowblower in order to get it up over some mountains. Yeah, that's where we're at. Okay, yeah. So I just heard walking on sunshine and it, I looked out and it was sunny and I saw all the snow and so that's sorry. That's on me, folks. That's my bad. That's my bad. We'll get uh, there. Second, yeah, eventually. We'll get there. Second half of the show is underway. Gord's going to join us about a half hour from now. Iron in the fire after that. Sound from the rink. Sands and Hawks tonight, 7 o'clock pregame show, 9 o'clock faceoff. So um, I know in Jake Chikrin's debut in New York against the, the Rangers last week, there was a hard-in-your-throat moment for Pierre Dorian, for the Senators, for Sands fans, when he went into the end boards with, on a check from Philip Heedle, and he just he went in weird, right? Then he stayed down. And Dom Nicoletta came out on the ice, and then he sat there for a while. It's like, oh, boy. Then he eases off the ice and tests it out, and we know the rest of the story. Good news. It, it was a stinger, I guess. Thought that it was worse than it was, and Jacob Chicken was fine, good to go. Because the last thing you want is one of your high-profile acquisitions to get hurt. Well, I don't like the news coming from Toronto uh, for the Leafs and Ryan O'Reilly. If 
you're a Leafs fan right now, because he left the game on the weekend, Kenny, after taking a puck off the hand and did not return. And no news yet from the Leafs on the injury, but they've recalled Holmberg and Steves from the Marlies. So they've called up a couple of forwards. And as you're waiting news on, on Ryan O'Reilly. So that that'd that'd be tough news for, for the Leafs, as it they're all in for the multiple moves. The squeezing out av- every last cap dollar. They bring in O'Reilly, he came right in, seemed like a perfect fit right away. Exactly the type of forward they would love to add, and they were able to do it. And now Kenny? We'll wait wait on the official here, but that's troubling news. When you're, if you're a Leaf fan, you've been dialed in waiting for, okay, give me the update, give me the update, and you don't get that, but you see a couple forwards recalled. They've made that announcement before any update on O'Reilly. I'd say that's troubling, wouldn't you? I would. I would say that that's not the ideal scenario. But the good news is, is that you're still two months away from the end of the season. You still have, well, not quite two months, but you still have some time to have him get healthy and and take the time that you need. So that's the benefit of having 19 games left for the Leafs is that there's still the time to have him heal up and and no matter what the injury is you you hope that it's not too serious and that he'd be ready by the start of the playoffs, but you also want to build that chemistry. And yes, it looked like he fit in right away, but you want to uh see what works and what works the best and and tinker with a lineup a little bit and if he's not available, that makes things very difficult to try and figure out and they're they're essentially locked in to where they are they're going to finish second or third in the Atlantic uh, they're not they're they're not going to catch Boston they're not going to fall down into a wild card position they're they're essentially where they are so that's the good news for them is that they can bide their time a little bit on the injury front but you want to get everybody meshed and they've made so many moves that you need to be able to get everybody in and readjust it and find their spot within the the rotation of the roster because when you make as many moves as they have and adjust the lineup as much as they have you've got to be able to get things set and readjusted because it it's not easy just to place even with as talented players as Toronto has you kind of got to massage things and now it's looking like they won't have that opportunity in the last little at least the next few games everything I just keep coming back to Boston and what they're doing the Leafs are a really good team having a good season with a good record. And they're second in that division. 38-17 and 8, they got 84 points. 19 points back of Boston. So yeah, here's the good news though for for the Leafs and Leaf fans. Tampa's in the toilet right now. You've got a five-game cushion for home ice in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as it stands right now and Tampa was absolutely thundered yesterday by Carolina. 6-0. Kotkin Yemi had a goal and four assists. Tara Vinen had a hat trick. Freddie Anderson only had to make 14 saves. Lightning won an entire period without a shot on goal. And now the Lightning have lost five straight games. And now they've only won two of their last ten. They're two, five, and three the last 10 games, and Victor Hedman fell awkwardly and left the game yesterday. 
So we'll see uh, on a update on that. And this is the first game since their previous game. Whoa, what a brilliant thing to say, Steve. <laughs> this is our first game since the, the game before is the first game since there were multiple benchings of key players. So when they lost to Buffalo on Saturday, Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos did not see a shift in the third period. And this is not the first time John Cooper has kind of played this card. He's been a coach that's done this before. And I'll get to that. Sens fans will remember this because it came in a game against Ottawa a few years ago. So he benches those three. And this is what Cooper had to say post game. This is after Saturday's loss to the Sabres. As coaches, you've got to put your team in the best position to win. And 99.9% of the time, those guys gives us the best chance to win when they're on the ice. I just felt in the third period, they weren't giving us the best chance to win. We have a set of standards here that everybody adheres to. And it's not pick and choose. It's everybody. It's how it is for today. Like I said, those guys are extremely important part of our team. But for 20 minutes tonight, I thought the other guys could get it done. And you know what? They almost did. So that's Cooper after the game. And I, it reminded me of something. So I went looking for it. And sure enough, found it. So this is three seasons ago in a game against Ottawa. The Lightning had a 3-2 lead over the Senators. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, who was not playing that well at the point at that point, but then he had a big turnover. The Sens tied the game. Ended up getting the game to overtime eventually. So that was in the second period, and Kucherov did not see a shift the rest of the game. And after the game... John Cooper was asked about uh, benching his uh, his superstar winger. And, quote, what was best for the team to win the game? It's the same quote from this past weekend. So John Cooper has not been afraid to sit down some of his top-end players for entire periods. That was one player that he did it to Kucherov a few years ago. He did it to three guys all at once on Saturday. Anyways, yeah, Tampa's well, hit a – they've hit a speed bump in their season. They're still a quality team. The Hedman thing is troubling. We'll see what the injury is on that, Kenny, if it, if, if it is anything beyond just, you know, take him out for protection purposes. I don't know. Um, but they this this is a quality team that's uh, – they hit the skids recently. They have, and, and they've been at such a high level for so long now that eventually that's going to happen, and when you are – one of the best teams in the league and you hit a skid like this where you lose five and only winning two of your last 10, you've need, you've, you're going to draw some attention. And then when the coach does something like that, holding his players accountable and demanding more. And that's the only thing that the coach has, right? Is it, he can only coach or he can only manipulate the ice time. And that's really the only form of discipline that you hold at this point in time. As a coach, there's not much else you can do. Bag skates are a thing of the past. Uh, so you can control a player's ice time and demand more by taking ice time away. And I think that that message has been sent. And I think you can only do it a number of times. And being three years apart on a team the caliber of Tampa seems about right. But I, I don't have a problem with it. And as Steven Stamkos says in, in this clip, it's not a, it's not something that, 
you bench a player and then they they can turn things around or it will be turned around when you're in a funk, you're kind of in a funk. Yeah, I mean, I think you're delusional to think, not you, but in general to think that something like that is just going to click. I mean, it's got to be a team effort. It's got to be our, our collective group. I mean, um, if that was the answer every time, you know, when, when you're in a skid, I think every team would do that, right? I mean, it's just, it's not something that... Um, you know, something like that happens. It's not just gonna flip the switch and we're gonna go on a 10-game winning streak. It's this is we've been in this skid for a while now, um, and we've got to work ourselves out of it. So it's not an overnight turnaround, Lloydie, But I think holding players accountable is not a bad thing, especially when they're the caliber of of the players that he did. Uh, that sends a message to the entire team that you have to continue to play to a high standard, or else you're not going to get in the lineup on a on a shift by shift basis. Well, and since um, Cooper did that, the Kucherov a number of years ago, and let's add it up here, they've been to three finals and won two cups. So um, that's the kind of thing you don't, you can't go to that well very often as a coach. And Cooper doesn't, but I'm just pointing out he's done it before, right? Mm-hmm. So, but to do it to, to three at the same time, and then they all played yesterday, and the whole team played even worse against a great team. Carolina's a great team, and they showed that. But that's uh, oof. that losing streak hit five games with a thud and a six nothing loss to the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes yesterday. And I I knew it. I was going to bring this up at some point on the show just to talk about the lightning and the benching and 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 I just knew. I said when I bring this up, there's going to be some really optimistic Sens fans. And <laughs> here we go. Sens going for third in the Atlantic. Sens and the Leafs. Leafs get another first-round exit. Let's go. Go, Sens, go. Another one. <laughs> Sens in five versus the Leafs. R.I.P. Dubas. Okay. So forget wild card. After laying that out, what's going on with Tampa right now? This is where it's – Tampa's got 79 points, folks. Okay. Ottawa's got a game in hand, though. <laughs> Sense of 68 points. It's only a nine-point gap if they continue to lose and Ottawa <laughs> continues their winning streak and it gets up to 10 and Tampa's losing streak gets to 10. Ottawa's yeah. out in front, Lloydie. It's simple. It's math. It's going to happen. I almost feel like you need to find Hammer's clip sheet of they've got every wrench from that guy in Hamilton about the uh, when the story came out with how much alcohol we should be drinking. Yeah. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Do the math. Simple math. Sens keep winning. Tampa keeps losing. Hello. Dig up, stupid. Let's go. Yeah, it's, uh, anyways. Something to keep an eye on with Tampa. They're too good. They're, they're going to pull out of it. They're going to play this poorly, you know, the, the, the rest of the way here. But it, it is notable. 2-5-3 um, and three in their last 10. And over the weekend, they benched three of their uh, star players for an entire period, and yesterday they got thumped 6 nothing by the Carolina Hurricanes. What's more healthy, four beers or two <laughs> liters of Coca-Cola? Do the math. There it is. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. I knew if I gave you some time, you'd be able to find it. That's beautiful. Do the math. Kenny's right. Sense keep winning. Tampa keeps losing. Do the math. Do the math. Five and five. <laughs> it's easy. Easy to All get right. done. 
Okay, um, Sen's uh, morning skate's going to be getting underway in the next little while. We're going to bring Gord Wilson on uh, towards the bottom of the hour to talk more about that. In the meantime, keep your uh, text coming in here. Uh, we'll go a little bit longer here so we can bring Gord on pretty much at the start uh, of the skate here. Danny writes, happy sunny Monday, guys. Maybe this was already discussed, but any idea why uh, Chikrin was on the third D pairing of Branstrom on Saturday? Thought he'd be paired with Sanderson, i.e. in the top four. Great program. Go Sens, Danny. No, DJ Smith addressed that after the game. He said, look, he's going to be in the top four. They just wanted the first couple of games, you know, keep him on a strong side for the most part. And you saw some sprinkling going on a little bit on Saturday. And I, I wonder tonight, Kenny, if you're going to see, you know, we'll get a better idea at the morning skate combinations here this hour uh, as to what it's going to look like. He's going to, obviously, he's going to be playing in the top four. But what's that look like? We'll see. But the other part as well, and we were discussing this a bit last week, and, you know, and I'm not just saying this, but Travis Hammond had a couple goals in the game on uh, on Saturday, and that that's not his thing, but... Travis Hamannick, he's had a nice year for this team. He has. It, it, there's something to be said for how he's he's made Sanderson feel comfortable in his rookie year, and he's played well in his own right. So the smart money is Hamannick ends up coming out of the top four, but there's still good, still could be some mixing and matching along the way here. Oh yeah, and and look at the ice time from Saturday night. Shabbat led the way, twenty five and a half minutes. I think that will come down slightly as Chikrin continues to go. But Zub was second on that list with just shy of 21. And then Chikrin. And Sanderson playing essentially the same at just shy of 19 minutes. That's top four minutes. He's going to get top four minutes even if he's on that third pairing. Uh, I think there's... Lloyd, you know. You, you see it all the time and you've been around this long enough. Lines are... <laughs> Over there's a ton of overreaction to the way that pairings are put out and lines are put out on social media these days. Why is this player on the third line? Oh, he's too good for the fourth line. Well, it's it's a starting point, and things get manipulated throughout the game, uh, by shift by shift, and on D, especially with the way that the, this defense is constructed, you're going to see a lot of different players paired with a lot of different people. I don't think there's too much to be read into why Chikrin is paired on the third pairing uh, to start things off. He's going to play a lot, and that's that's really all that matters. Ice time will dictate everything, and, and he's going to be playing a lot no matter where he is initially slotted to be paired with. I, I just I, I see a lot of it because I get the reaction to the TSN 1200 account on, on my Twitter and the tweet deck, and some of the responses are just, uh, okay, we're going to move on from this. <laughs> Can we please move on from it? Uh, I just, I it. There seems to be a massive overreaction. You can't look at social media as a as life, but I do see a lot of reaction to it. So, and and that question comes in, and it's essentially the same thing. Uh, I, 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 there's no issue for me, Lloyd, if he's starting on the third pair because he still played the third amount of minutes on the decor, and I think it's going to continue that way, if not get higher. And I, I would also say. Another part of the reason why it hasn't happened yet, I you understand how you just want to ease somebody in anyway, but think about the schedule and how we joined the team. Flies overnight, arrives, goes to bed, gets up, goes to the rink, plays in a game. Sends win that game. Next day, 
off day, right? Like they, they come back, didn't do too much. Then they play Saturday. So you get a, you get a bit of a morning skate. That's it. You go play the game. Sunday, off day, travel. Have a morning skate today, play tonight. There's not a lot of, like, X's and O's practice time here. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for anybody, let alone Jacob Chikrin, just trying to get used to new system, who am I playing with and all that. So um, I, I, I think DJ Smith and the coaching staff are just trying to, you know, baby step this thing because it, it, it's not like you got a pile of time off between games and all this practice time and we'll sort this out. That's that's not reality uh, with the schedule in the NHL. So, But having said that, you know, that will be the third game tonight. I'm curious to see who's going to be paired with at this skate, which will be getting underway in the next little while. A um, couple quick ones before we'll take a break and bring on Gord from the start of the morning skate in uh, Chicago. Have you received the Cooper is trying to get fired so he could potentially be the Sens' new coach next season text yet? Comes from Big Rick. <laughs> no Big Rick, but noted. Um, Dave says, Sens play Tampa twice, just saying. Do the math. Do the math. Uh, Do the math. My favorite one, though, Lloydie, is from Terry. If the Sens have 20 games left, that's 40 more points. 108 possible. I don't think Tampa's reaching that mark. So slot it in. Terry's on board. Great point, Terry. Yeah. That's good math right there. It adds up. (laughs) I got you. All right. What's more healthy? Four beers or two liters of Coca Cola? (laughs) Do the math. We'll take a break, and Gord Wilson will join us coming up on the other side. At the start of the Sens morning skate, we'll uh, get a few more answers as how the game will start possibly. Configurations. Start of a five-game road trip for Ottawa in Chicago tonight. 7 o'clock face-off, 9 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Then they'll head even further west. they got Seattle and Vancouver and the Alberta teams. Big road trip beginning the night. Three points out of the final playoff spot in the East. We're back in a moment on In the Box with Gord Wilson on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Oh, describes one Gord Wilson who joins us from Chicago right now. The Windy City, they call it. Or as Randy Cunningworth used to say, the Windy Apple to get uh, a laugh and the travels back in the day. Right, Gord? Oh, Randy was outstanding and screwing everybody up on the bus. We'd pull into Philadelphia. you go, gateway to the west. Let's go, fellas. (laughs) That was his running gag. He would intentionally say things wrong, and he'd always get a few people. Is he serious? Right? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. All right. How are you, boys? Oh, fantastic, Gord. Great energy around this team. Start of a five-game trip. Begins in Chicago tonight. You and Dean will have the call. Before we get into the nuts and bolts, I know that uh, we should acknowledge our contest winners for our big contest at the very start of the hockey season. This is the game. This is the trip. So I know that you're on the clock because uh, you're going to be doing a little meet and greet, aren't you, A little in a little yeah. while here? They're actually just filing in right now, so that's wonderful. Yeah, uh, we're going to take them downstairs to um, the Ottawa locker room, and DJ is going to have a chance to say a few words to them. So yeah, and they're they're looking spry and uh, well behaved from last night, which is disappointing. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. Yeah, okay. wish I could say the same, but <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, 
Gord, what's the, uh, the the mood around this city is uh, exuberant, and the, the text that we're getting in is catching the the Tampa Bay Lightning. What's the mood around the team right now? How pumped up is this squad and, and heading out on the road for a lengthy road trip after acquiring a couple new guys and, and being able to get out there and bond on the road? Yeah, and you know what? The timing is perfect for this road trip, right? If you've got a new guy and, and Jacob Chickrit wanting to um, – uh, acquaint himself with everybody in the lineup, and it's happening, and that's it's it's perfect timing. They're all going to obviously, um, you know, stick together here. They got a couple of days where it'll be just a practice day, and I think they enjoy a day off tomorrow in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Mandatory day off on the road, so yeah, it's uh, the mood is really good. And obviously, when you win five in a row, Kenny, you want to continue to play and and, and get right back at it. So uh, I think everybody is quite anxious to. Um, uh, to play tonight against Chicago, and uh, let's be honest here, the Hawks left them with a bad taste in their mouths on February 17th when they were up 3-1 to one with nine minutes to go, and they lost it 4-3 in overtime. Um, so, yep, uh, pretty excited to get going here and uh, get this road trip underway. Uh, just getting word from the Hawks and Luke Richardson, Alex Stalock will start in goal tonight. They're going to ice the same lineup from their previous game there, Gord. So uh, what do you expect the configuration? I Like there's a couple things, like who starts in goal? And is this the game at the start of the game that we see Jacob Chikrin kind of start in the top four? And what's that look like? Well, do you have a feel for it here? Yeah, well, I don't think there's going to be any changes to Ottawa's lineup, and I'm watching line rushes right now, and Cam Talbot is in the visitor's end, so I'm guessing he's going to get the start in goal. Um, it looks as though, and as I say, no lineup changes, so I would suspect that it's Jacob and Eric Brandstrom again as a pair. Um, Nick Holden will play on this road trip. There's no question about that. And whether we see Jacob you know, over the next couple of practices, um, uh, continue with Eric Brandstrom, or if it, you know, he maybe moves to the right side and plays with Thomas Shabbat. I think we saw a little bit of that against Columbus. I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching here for the first couple of games at least. Uh, but obviously, uh, what did he have? Just under 19 minutes, I think, the other night, and 19 minutes in New York against the Rangers. Uh, I'm going to guess that he'll be at the 20 minute mark, um, tonight against Chicago or, or, or plus, um, uh, just because of the time in between games here. So, yeah, it looks like um, nothing is going to change here as far as line combinations and deep pairings tonight. And it seems like Jake Chikrin already becoming a fan favorite, has adjusted quite well to his new team and teammates. 100%, and just what the doctor ordered, right? It wasn't just the media and the fans saying, you need a top-four defenseman on this team. Uh, the players have said the same thing. We need a top-four defenseman. Well... They got it, and I, I can't stress the importance of addition without subtraction. And when you talk about subtraction, you're obviously affecting everybody on the hockey club. You're saying goodbye to a teammate who's part of this group, part of this family, as this team says. And you've heard Dean and I talk an awful lot over the last little while about just how close-knit this group is. Well, they're not... They're not empty words here. This is a, this is something that we're witnessing here that I haven't seen in a, in quite some time, as far as how close this group is. And so, when you are able to add something like this without subtracting anything, it just adds to everything. It's just a huge plus for everybody involved. So, yeah, they're uh, they're obviously very welcoming, but very excited as well to get this young man in the uh, lineup and get him playing as much as possible. 
Yeah, on his usage and where he, he settles in eventually here, Gord, I just want to get you to comment. Uh, a text came in asking that question, why, you know, has he not played inside the top four officially, even though when you look at minutes at the end of the game, it can indicate something different right away. But I think he just kind of laid it out. So there's going to be the mand- mandatory off day on the road in Seattle. And you think about when he arrived, he hasn't had a practice yet, really, like a full, exactly. real practice. So maybe that's going to come in a couple of days from now. Uh, ahead of their next game, you know, with Seattle. So I'm sure, Gord, that has a huge part to do with it here. It's fine to say just plug him in right away, but you don't want to, you know, put him in a situation that could be a little bit too much as you're joining a new team because he hasn't even had a full practice yet. No, exactly right. He's played two games since February 10th, okay? So, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of uh, uh, time needed for him to get completely up to speed. New systems, new this, new that communication, um, the fact that the coach is willing to say, okay, you know, when we have an offensive zone face-off, we're going to start Thomas Shabbat on the left side. We have no issues starting Jacob Chikrin on the right side for an offensive zone face-off. So he's going to play with a lot of guys here for the first little while here, and it wouldn't surprise me if it continues that way, just mixing and matching and in certain situations putting him where the team needs him the most. One of the things about him, and I talked to the coach about this today, Jacob gets pucks to the net. He has an uncanny way of getting pucks through and on net, and it can be a huge part of offense. And when you're a team that, for the most part, most of this season has struggled five-on-five, you need as many pucks to the net as possible from your D, and he's got the ability to do that. That's something that the coach singled out to me this morning, and, and we're witnessing it. We saw the shot that he scored, and we saw him wire one from 65 feet out off the crossbar the other day. Um, he's got a tremendous shot, and uh, they want him to use it as much as possible. Gordon, I know you can only play the schedule that you're given, but has the timing of this trade, and, and you talked about the road trip upcoming, but the timing of the trade been almost perfect? You get that energy game in New York, the first game, you're riding high, and then you kind of get that easing in process with Columbus and Chicago and no offense to those two teams, but they're at the lower end of the standings. Is it a nice easing in process to get everybody acclimatized? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think the timing of the trade, you're right, is is almost letter perfect. Um, The team was starting to play really well, and then all of a sudden you get something that everybody has wanted, and you continue to play really well. Uh, There were moments in the Columbus game, I think, but at the same time, you know what? There's two teams on the ice, and not one team is going to dominate for a full 60 minutes. Very rare that you see that happen. So um, it's all business here right now. I, I can tell you this is interesting because um, Dean and I were sitting up here in the stands watching the Chicago game, and Dean looked at me and he said, you know what's really noticeable about this Hawks morning skate? And I said, what's that? And he said, how quiet it is. And Dave Poulin showed up a few minutes later, and he said, this is what happens when you get to a point in the season where you know the season is completely lost and you almost are going through the motions. Um, for Ottawa, it's, it's energetic. And again, I mean, you just compare the two teams. One's lost four in a row. The other has won five in a row. So um, <laughs> the, the level of energy is um, very, very different between the two teams. Now, Alex DeBrinkett's going to be playing in tonight's game, and it's a special game for him, playing against, well, not as many of his former teammates as maybe he would have thought, but yeah. he still know a few guys here. So how do you think Alex is feeling heading into this one? 
Well, I, you know what? Probably a little bit easier. Uh, feeling better about coming back here and not having to face Patrick Kane, not seeing Jonathan Taves or going up against him. As Luke Richardson just finished saying, he said, well, he doesn't have any friends on this team anymore, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, or I'm sure Luke was exaggerating a little bit because he's got ties to this city, obviously, and I'm sure there are going to be lots of friends um, uh, that he um, – uh, that, that that he became friends with a lot of people that he became friends with over the years that he's been here. So um, it'll probably be a little bit easier. The fact that it's been, you know, the, the one meeting has already been played. Um, he and Patrick Kane were best of buddies here. So uh, no Patrick came here tonight. So it, uh, it should be a little bit easier for him for sure. Kind of a bigger scale question, Gord, but we, before their cup success, Chicago had some downtimes, and and that market wasn't wasn't phenomenal. Uh, then they had their success. Can this franchise, can this market handle the rebuild that they're going to be going through? And are they going to be able to uh, reemerge with uh, with the success that they've they've had in the past? Yeah. Well, let's be honest here. They have no choice, right? You either accept it or you don't. And if you don't, you don't show up at the games. Uh, this team will be staying here in Chicago. There's no question about that. And when you look at, I mean, just hop on Cap Friendly and see they've got two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year, two first-round picks the year after. They've got four second-round picks this year. I think they've got two or three next year. They're they're loaded for bear here as far as draft picks are concerned. Well, this team wins a lottery. Um, you don't think the fan base is going to get excited if Connor Bedard is the next mm-hmm. Patrick Kane or the next Jonathan Taves? On this hockey club, he certainly has the potential to be, and um, he can change, turn any franchise around in an awful hurry. Yeah, I'm not going to go full Patrick Ewing cold envelope, but that'd be perfect for the NHL. It would be, yeah, it would be. to get yeah. a huge market like like Chicago if they could get their their reboot started by getting Connor Bedard. That uh, that would certainly go a long way. But you know, to Kenny's point, Gordon, you you know called games there at this time when they opened up that new building. You know, what's its seat? Like 21, 22,000, really, if you want to pack it right in? It's huge. Yep. That's a yeah, massive yeah. arena. And when it was brand new, right, uh, that was in the, the waning days of the Dollar Bill Wirtz era where they weren't mm-hmm. even putting the home games on TV because he thought that that would cut into things. Anyways, they uh, it was cavernous, and there was talks like, this is too big. What are we doing? Yeah. Like nobody yeah. was – like it's – but their season ticket base, because of their, their great cup run years, it's it's in a good spot. So we'll – just a matter we'll, – we'll just see how many years it takes to kind of uh, kind of emerge from this. Um, I want to pivot a little bit to you here, Gord. Um, six nothing. Tampa loses to Carolina yesterday, and they've yeah. lost five in a row. And you heard Kenny's comment, some sense fans, a little visions of grandeur. Maybe you can catch the lightning. I think it's a little tongue-in-cheek anyways. But – I want to take you back, Gord, to three or four seasons ago. Do you remember when the Sens were playing Tampa and John Cooper benched Nikita Kucherov for the rest of a game yep. um, against the Senators? And I think that went to overtime, and the Senators ended up losing the game still, I believe. And then he did it yesterday, or on the weekend to three players. Three players <laughs> for the entire third period. Yes. Yeah. Like, Kucherov, um, Stamkos, and Point. Right. What do you make of a coach? Because you can't go to that well too often, but that's certainly, if you want to send a message in the cap era when that's the only power you have, that, that is quite something for a coach to do that. Well, it's uh, remarkable. Um, I, I, it's gutsy, let's put it that way. And how does the team respond? 
with a five nothing loss the next game. That's uh, I mean it's gutsy, right? And this <laughs> he's won a couple of cups. He's been to the final three straight years. Um, he's trying to push buttons that don't normally get pushed. Whether it has a desired effect remains to be seen. It's a pretty veteran team here. And eventually, no matter how much success a coach has with one team, the voice wears thin. And you got to be real careful. As I say, a gutsy move by, by John Cooper mm. for sure. All right. In closing, because the skate has uh, gone on here, so you anticipate yep. Cam Talbot because you see him in the visitor's end and they're on the road, so he yep. should start, and you don't anticipate any other changes from Saturday. No, I should tell you that Patrick Brown is with the hockey club and uh, okay. is working on the penalty kill, but I don't think he's going to be in. I'll think they, I, I would think that they want to get a couple of practices in for him as well under his belt. So, um, yep, before there's any change involving him. But, yeah, Cam Talbot, I'm guessing, is going to start, and uh, we'll get a little bit more from D.J. Smith uh, coming up shortly. All right, and uh, we'll hear from uh, from DJ and a few other players. And Gord, I can tell you, I think we're going to have Alex DeBrinket give us a call here as well, oh, um, and join us on the show uh, shortly right. after one o'clock. And so you show those contest winners a good time, Gord. Okay. Yep, absolutely. They're having fun right now, looking at this morning skate. It's uh, it's look at I still doing in this thirty years, Steve. You've done it for a gazillion years as well. We all get very excited when we're able to sit in the rink and call this work, right? Pretty good. Uh, there we go. Good stuff. Thank you, Gord. Okay, boys. Thank you. There's Gord Wilson joining us on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. Yes, that was the iron in the fire, and I think it's uh, should be happening here. I think we're going to hear from Alex DeBrinkin. He's going to give us a call after settling in after the uh, the morning skate and talk about uh, which will be a, uh, a special night for him taking on the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago for the first time. We're back in a moment on In the Box on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, 12.52. In the box continues on TSN 1200. Thank you to Gord Wilson joining us there for a little bit earlier than usual. Timing worked better. Gord's going to be speaking to the coach any moment now, doing his pregame interview, getting that ready, collecting some other sound for us, and he'll pass that on. We'll have some of that for you coming up next hour. And uh, we should be hearing from uh, Sens winger Alex DeBrinkett is going to be giving us a call at around quarter after one or so. Talk about the team's five-game winning streak, the push for the playoffs, and on a personal note, what it's like to be back in Chicago taking on the Blackhawks tonight in Chicago for the first time since the trade last summer. A few of the techs have come in here. Wow, we'll be cool to hear and excited to bring it, doing an interview from a Chipotle in Chicago. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. <laughs> That took on a life of its own, that he liked Chipotle, and he was lamenting the fact the only one that we have in Ottawa is downtown. On the uh, on the Twitter machine, Lloydie, mm-hmm. uh, the lines have been posted and, and the starters by, by our good friend Dean Brown in Chicago, and there's been some responses to it. I appreciate Spencer <laughs> uh, saying Sogard should be starting tonight after Talbot started Saturday, and then adds, sorry, Kenny, moving on. So thank you, Spencer. I appreciate so, that. Mm-hmm. Clearly listening, but shows he's paying attention. Shows he's paying attention. That's wonderful. 
All right, so this is, yeah, it, it's pretty much the same deal. Kachuk, Stutz with Giroux, Debrinkit, Pinto, Batherson, Joseph, Gambrell, Gauthier, Brassard, Kastelik, Watson, Kelly and Brown are scout, uh, skating as the extras. Shabbat, Zub, Sanderson, Hamannick, Chikrin, Branstrom, Holden is the extra, and Talbot was in the starter's end at the uh, the morning skate. So I think what you see is uh, what you get. We'll hear from Coach DJ Smith over the, uh, the next little while and uh, get a little bit more input from that and maybe a player or two and of course Debrink is going to be giving us a a shout here as well uh scott from toronto do the math has taken on a life of its own here you can get the sends to make the playoffs at five to one odds right now do the math scott in toronto thank you scott in fact though uh thank you (laughs) oh you shortened it perfect um i got a a note here let me find it here so fanduel Sponsor here, that TSN 1200, um, has the Sens uh, going to 4-1. to one. So, yeah, if you're getting 5-1, to one, Scott, and you believe it, I'd jump all over that. Because uh, it has, um, the odds of the Sens making the playoffs have increased dramatically over the last three weeks. And it's it's gone well past your classic dumb and dumber line. So you're saying there's a chance. It's like, no, you know what? There, there is a chance. There's they, a legitimate chance this team can make the playoffs now. Yeah, they've done the they've done part of the hard part, Lloydie, and that's leapfrogging over some teams and putting themselves in the position to be the front runner instead of having to climb over teams and making sure that there aren't three point games in the out of town scoreboard. They've done some of the hard part now. Now winning and continuing to do that is you'll have a target on your back is going to be difficult, but what do we always talk about when you're sitting down in that seventh or eighth spot and try and looking up at everybody else? You have to leapfrog every one of those teams. Now they put themselves in a position where they've got Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and, and New York ahead of them. For and the two of those teams hold the wild card spot. So they've done a lot of the heavy lifting. Now it's just a matter of completing it. And if they do go 600 the rest of the way, that'll put them with 92 points over the course of the season. And, and I saw somewhere that that would put them one point ahead of the last of, of Pittsburgh, I believe it was, or uh, yeah, it was actually it was Buffalo who would have the 91 points based on their point percentage right now. So if they, if they go 600 the rest of the way, if they go 700, that gives them 96. That, that puts them in a great spot to make the playoffs. I think 96 definitely makes the playoffs yeah. this year. It's it's different than it, last year was weird, right? There was such a clear separation from the eight and everybody else. It was the talent, like the disparity was incredible. Um, it's not going to be a hundred points to squeak into the playoffs this year. No, it's it's going to be less than that. I I don't know. I, I I think 96 will get it done. It might even be lower than that. But I I if you can get the 96 points, you're in. Yeah, based on current point projection, ninety-one would get you in. So if you can, if you can get up there, you've you've put yourself in a good position. Um, Caleb writes, you guys should sprinkle in some fire DJ fire Dorian text. Anyway, should the parade be on Friday or a Saturday? Comes from Caleb. Caleb, maybe think of something. If the Senators make the playoffs, and you know that they're in the playoffs in time for before they play their last home game. 
Will Sens fans do what Devils fans did earlier in the year because there were the fire DJ chants numerous times earlier this season in the stands at Canadian Tire Center? Just like fire Lindy, and then it quickly became sorry Lindy. Remember that? Earlier oh, yeah. in the year? Could there be some sorry DJ chants if Ottawa makes the playoffs? Uh, I don't think so, Lloydie. Just based on my, my social media viewing, there's still a lot of DJ Smith detractors uh, that that don't believe that, that anything that he does is the right decision, even though it's proven out that he's made a lot of correct decisions as of late. Uh, I don't think that there'll be that same apology coming out from en masse from Sense fans, but I think that a few are starting to, to change their mind. Like, I said this early in the season, I, I like DJ Smith as a head coach. Was he the right fit? Is he the right fit for this team? I still don't know, but I do like him as a head coach, and I think that he's now getting a lot out of this group, and the players like playing for him. That's evident. They really enjoy playing for them, and and they're giving it their all each and every night, and I don't think you can say that the same about every team across the league. He's getting the most out of them, and credit full credit to him. All right, we'll take our uh, 1 o'clock break. When we come back, we won't be too far away, we believe, from Alex DeBrinkett joining us here on the show from Chicago. Another tee up for tonight's game. And note the start time. It's an 8 o'clock local start time, which is abnormal. So that means, because of the time zone change, as you know, an hour difference for us. So it's a 9 o'clock puck drop on TSN 1200. Pre-game show will be getting underway at 7. Back in a moment on In the Box on TSN 1200.